This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Of Camels and Needles Eyes, Third Prophecy of the Passion, The Blind Beggar, Zacchaeus, and Parable of the Minas, Part 1. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your grace. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen.
reading from 1 Kings chapter 17. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you done against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, the raising of the widow's son shows our Lord's undoing of death. Death is the wages of sin that he himself pays on the cross, even though he is without sin, in order to make himself a holy substitute, forgive the debts of humanity, and to reconcile humanity to his father. The boy's rising to life again also foreshadows the bodily resurrection of the dead on the last day. This is the goal and the termination of the Lord's own resurrection that it has brought about. Human beings were not meant to die. The undoing of death that Christ has wrought finds its completion on the last day in our resurrections. Elijah's threefold stretching out upon the boy also demonstrates the spiritual resurrection of baptismal regeneration. We were dead in our trespasses, but the old man has been drowned in us, and a new man has emerged and arisen. While this good work is not yet complete in us, it is real. We have been and are being raised, for we are the baptized. And finally, the boy's resurrection illustrates the Lord's promise that he himself is the resurrection and the life. So the raising of the widow of Zarephath's son by Elijah is therefore closely tied to Jesus' raising of the widow's son in name. And you will recall that two very different crowds collided that day outside of Nain. The crowd surrounding Jesus had just witnessed him healing the centurion's son. They were rejoicing, they were celebrating the accomplishments of God in the flesh 
and they basked in the glory of God. That happy crowd was met by a different crowd coming out of the village with a casket. The funeral crowd suffered under the reality of sin and death in this world. Death and life came face to face when those two crowds met, and the result was that life overcame death. The Lord of life approached the dead boy and with a word raised him to life again. Now Christ's compassion is not limited to that place or time, although it differs in how it is manifested. The same Jesus who spoke then speaks today. And what happened in Nain is given to us for our comfort in our own circumstances. Remember what he said and did. He told the woman that she could stop crying. And then he touched the open coffin of the dead man. He took the uncleanness of death onto himself and gave his purity to the boy. And he spoke, young man, I say to you, arise. And his word brought the young man back to life. The wages of sin killed the boy, but the sinless lamb of God raised him to life again. Now this is not our experience at funerals. When our loved ones were in their caskets, Jesus did not give them back to us alive. They spoke, to be sure. We heard from his word how death has been swallowed up in victory, that Jesus has overcome death, and that all those in Christ, too, will rise again on the final day. His words for us at funerals are future-focused. We must still wait in sorrow and grieving for a time. There are very few in the history of the world that have received their dead back to them alive. And while we don't know why, we know from these few accounts and from our Lord's own promise that one day we will be united with our Christian loved ones. And because our experience is not like the widows of Zarephath and Nain, that's why we sing our confessions more heartily now. As one hymn puts it, in the midst of death's dark veil, powers of hell overtake us. Who will help when they assail? Who secure will make us? Thou only, Lord, thou only. And another, Though I am the cup drinking which savors now of bitterness, I take it without shrinking. For after grief, God gives relief, my heart with comfort filling and all my sorrow stilling. We sing these verses even as we look death right in the face, even as we peer into a casket, even as we contemplate our own mortality. And the only reason we can do that with certain confidence is because our Savior has already passed through death and into life. He has already blazed the trail through death and has been raised never to die again. You see, we don't merely look from the outside in on Jesus' death and resurrection. We've been joined to it. 
we have been united with him in it. We have been baptized into his death and have already been raised to life with him. We Christians make an extraordinary confession. We confess against the world, the devil, and even our own reason that death is not the end. We confess rather with St. Paul, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord is one who knows our suffering because he took on our flesh. A greater prophet than Elijah has risen up among us, yes, even more than a prophet, for God has visited his people. He stooped into our world of death in the flesh, and he himself knows the pain of loss. He witnessed the death of friends and family. Our Lord does not have compassion on us from the outside but from within our own circumstances. He is with you to the end of the age. And therefore we do not mourn as those who have no hope. We mourn with an eternal perspective. While we sorrow and mourn now, we know that our sadness will have an end. So the real historical account in Nain gives us a picture of what will happen on the last day. The crowd of life will process out of heaven with our Lord and meet the crowd of death here on earth. And death will yield to eternal life. And until that day, we will confess boldly. When life's brief course on earth is run and I this world am leaving, grant me to say, your will be done your faithful word, believing. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen.
God the Son, Redeemer of the world. God the Holy Spirit, be gracious to us. Be gracious to us. From all sin, from all error, from all evil, from the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from a sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. In all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment, we poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord, to rule and govern your holy Christian church, to preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your wholesome word, and to sustain them in holy living, to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are, are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, to send faithful laborers into your harvest, and to accompany your word with your grace and spirit. To raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand and to comfort and to help the weak-hearted and the distressed. To give to all peoples conquered in peace, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our president and all in authority, to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to get, grant all women with child, and all mothers with infant children, increasing happiness in their blessings, to defend all orphans and widows and provide for them, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage, and to have mercy on us all. Be in order to hear us, good Lord. 
to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and to graciously to hear our prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. O Christ, of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. <laughs> 